Hey everyone, it's John, and we are here on FCC Talk to talk about all the things going on with the Christian community, the things going on in our lives, and everything that you need to know with what's happening here at First Christian Church. I'm joined today by CJ. CJ, how you doing? I'm doing good. Things are going well. How about you, John? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. We uh, we have some things to get into today. We have, obviously, our current events that we do. Again, as you know, we don't get into politics or anything like that. We do have some ministry insights. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of things with our opinions and kind of what we think. We'll relate it to our personal lives as well. And then, like always, please know, this isn't a sermon. This isn't us telling you exactly what you should believe and in, in things. Uh, these are more our opinions and just kind of uplifting conversations that we hope you find enjoyable. So if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. That helps us out. Uh, And if you're listening on podcasts, please give the podcast a five-star rating because that helps us out as well. It helps more people to see the podcast, to discover us and and those kind of things. And so who doesn't want that, right? You can share the church. You can share the message of Jesus Christ all at the same time same time. So let's go ahead and get into it, CJ. We have the surprising rebirth uh, of belief in God, why new atheism grew old, Thing, my thing cut off here, while new atheism grew old and secular thinkers are considering God again. All right, so uh, I have this new feature where I can bring up the website that we're looking at. So this article is from CBN Christian, I think it's Christian-based news uh, network, and there is a new book out called Is, uh, let's see, I can find it right here. There it is. The Surprising Rebirth in Belief in God by Justin Brierley. Justin Brierley, for a long time, led a radio show called... There we go. Unbelievable. And it was a radio show where he had Christians and non-Christians on to kind of talk about their differences and maybe debate a little bit, but always keep it respectable between the two. And he has since stopped doing that show, but he has he has written this book and it's kind of surprising what he gets into. He talks a lot about how atheists today are kind of valuing Christianity. They don't necessarily look at it maybe the same way that they used to. They don't see it as, you know, big. I mean, some people obviously do, but they don't always see it as bigoted. Um, But they do see it in ways that, hey, this could actually value society, morals, working hard, doing those kind of things. There's some something to say there about that. So my question to you, CJ, is do you see a possibility of rebirth of Christianity happening today? I think there's always a possibility of rebirth happening. And I think that um, at least what I'm seeing uh, among students is that uh, there's a an interest in uh, Christianity and in God um, among uh, students of a broader scope than just those that attend church. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a, a possibility. I think here in Western culture, we've got kind of an uphill climb and an uphill battle to uh, to really uh, uh, take a hold of the uh, the good things that that possibility brings. Uh, but I think it's a it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that as society changes and culture changes, you know, I think people's view 
of things change as well. And although it can kind of seem like, you know, sometimes you read the news and it seems like there's another thing out there about how Christianity is bad and uh, people don't like it. But I think, and I've always thought that as our world becomes more and more fallen, you know, I think that people look for something to cling to that is uplifting, something that is positive. And I was listening to a guy the other day talk about how, Every, you know, like every religion out there, he studied all the religions, he said, and every religion out there other than Christianity, he said, can basically be condensed down to, I am going to be a good person. So that way I will go to be at a good place or I can have a good life or good things will happen to me. Right. It, the, the pressure is on you to do the right thing. And the morals are different for you know, most other religions, but a lot of them have similar morals. Uh, But he said the thing that's different about Christianity is that he finds that you don't have to do all the good things in order to make that happen. You, you are made good by somebody who died for you. And he said to him, although that can be a bit, you know, offensive to some people because other people might want to think that they can save themselves. He said mm-hmm. to him, that was always so much more liberating to think that I don't have to perfect everything in my own life, that Jesus has already died for me so that mm-hmm. I can have a life, uh, a future and a hope for something eternal in the afterlife. Have you seen anything like that with students, CJ? Well, that's, that's really been what we're talking about this month. And that's kind of the verse I was going to go to later in the podcast is this whole idea that, uh, we live in a culture where you try hard and hard work pays off, but, uh, Jesus has a different rhythm. And, and that rhythm is that we let go and he's already, um, shown that we are valuable and worthy. We don't have to prove our worthiness to him. Uh, and so I'm seeing that among students. They're, they're really starting to pick that up. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, one of the other things that they touched on in this article and uh, Justin touches on in his book is that people have tried to evangelize it for years through proving that God is real, right? And that's still something we want to do. We, we, we want to make sure we, we take note of archaeology. Uh, we want to make sure that we look at historical documents, all of those things. But that's kind of in people's approach for years. But he's bringing up that helping people just value God in general to him is proving more successful because if if people don't value God, if people don't don't think that he loves them, then even if he's proven real, they don't care about him, right? Mm-hmm. And so my question is to you is, do you think helping people value God rather than proving God to be real is a successful evangelical practice? Absolutely. I think that's uh, the way to go is um, showing people the, the value that is found in God's love. And I think that kind of goes back to something we talked about last time, you know, when Jesus said, uh, a new commandment I gave you that you love people are going to know you're my disciples by the way you love them. Uh, I think that's what he's talking about. I think he's saying, hey, when you go out there, uh, you have an opportunity to say, hey, let me show you the value that's found here. Uh, and it's not so much uh, a head game as it is a heart game. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I know it's going to be a weird comparison, but um 
I <laughs> I watch Frozen with Lottie every now and then because, you know, that's Absolutely. one of her favorite movies right now. We're actually going to see Frozen and Encanto on ice uh, nice. here this weekend. So uh, we will be in St. Louis and there will be many screaming toddlers and young girls. Uh, and I'm going to enjoy the time with my daughter and watching her uh, experience yeah yeah in Kanto and frozen on ice but anyway uh, if you've ever seen that movie and, and i'm sure you have cj with, with your kids and stuff uh but the beginning of the first movie it's kind of a joke but it's also kind of true they take anna to the trolls and uh-huh. you know anna got hit in the head with the with the ice magic or whatever that elsa did and he said the troll says you know the the head can be easily persuaded, but the heart uh-huh. is a bit different. And to me, that that is kind of what I've thought about with this whole Justin Breeley thing is that, you know, he's really going at the angle of saying, look, people can change their minds, but it's really the heart that is the issue, right? We yeah, have to help people exactly understand. Right. Exactly. We have to help people understand what the value is of Christ. Not that, you know, you have somebody who is going to tell you everything to do in your life, but you have somebody who loves you, cares about you, and wants to genuinely see your life flourish. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you you don't have to live your life, uh, you know, in destitute or you know, with nothing. You can have a life where you work hard and you do these things, but you always have the anchor of Christ and the hope in him to fall back on because life is going to hit you hard at times. And if you don't have anything to fall back on, you're going to fall into things that just makes your life worse. Right. Mm-hmm. Drugs alcohol, uh, desperation, um, mental health issues, those kind of things. And some of those things we can't help, but they happen. Uh, And and it's incredibly difficult to see other people go through that. So, all right. Well, that is our first topic. And I think we covered that pretty well. We have another ad for you to give me and CJ a break here. Uh, but we think these ads are beneficial to you as well. So we're not too uh, beat up about it. So let's get to the ad and then we'll come back with our next topic. I found this resource in a workshop that, that I was attending. It's called Real Life Theology Conversations. It's a really good resource. I ordered one. I have our grandkids every morning from about 7.15 to 8.15 every day. And so I want to try to do one or two of these conversations during the school year. It's an opportunity to talk about the relationship with God, talk about the relationship with truth. It's 52 conversations that have to do with uh, your child's relationship with God. I don't know if you've ever struggled with having family devotions or anything like this. This is just kind of a once a week or twice a week kind of thing that you can have some conversation, talk about something in their lives, and it, it doesn't take any time at all, but it's planting some seeds into their lives that will help them deal with the culture, with their friends, their relationships, and also strengthen their relationship with God. But I'd really encourage you to check this out on Amazon. It's called Real Life Theology Conversations. Real Life Theology Conversations, a great book. I've looked through it. Um, unfortunately, I haven't ordered mine yet, but I do plan on ordering it, and I think it's going to be a great tool. So, mm-hmm. all right, our next article, what do what what to do when worship feels stale? So this article kind of starts off talking about, you know, just kind of the, the emotional feel of when maybe you are going to church, and I think we've all kind of been here before, and the worship set is starting, and maybe 
you just don't feel as into it as maybe you have most other Sundays, right? Maybe maybe the words don't feel like they're coming out uh, as honestly as maybe they have before. Um, and, and they give five suggestions of things you can do. Number one, remember that worship isn't about how you feel, right? Uh, number two, try different styles of worship. Okay, so don't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Number three, don't be afraid to stand in it and let it surround you, right? Don't let that, don't let that, don't be afraid to let that situation actually engulf everything that's going on uh, in your situation and find a rhythm of worship that goes through your week. So that way you're not just worshiping on Sunday morning, but you're also finding time to worship, whether that be with music, whether that be with service, whether that be with love during the week as well. And then finally, number five, do it anyway. I know that's kind of a hard one uh, for us to do because it's not exactly what we always want to do, but do it anyway. So my question to you, CJ, to start us off is what do you personally do to approach worship worship to help it not feel stale? I think the thing that it comes back to for me personally, excuse me, is uh, this idea of finding worship throughout the week. Um, uh, Sunday is is a a big day for me as a minister, <clears throat> and so uh, my mind is generally a million different places. Um, and so for me, uh, church and worship is something that I experience and I do. Um, and I find that when that feels stale, or I'm scatterbrained, or I'm thinking about what's going to happen in Sunday school or worship uncoiled or conversations I've had with students uh, and I'm a little bit distracted. I find that uh, I I just come back to this idea that my whole life is worship. Uh, You know, the way I'm a dad to my kids and the way that I'm a husband to my wife and uh, you know, the way that I react uh, to different situations. And um, it's, it's just one of those things where uh, I worship in a daily routine and in a daily moment. And, um, and the cool thing about that is, is that I can find connections with God that aren't your stereotypical, uh, connections. Like we tend, and they say this in the article, we tend to think my worship time is Sunday morning and I'm going to connect with God from 11 to 12 at the second service worship time. Um, and, uh, when we limit it to that and we don't connect there or something is just off, um, we miss out on a connection with God. And maybe the best way that we can connect with God is worshiping throughout our week uh, and not necessarily singing songs, but uh, doing the things that we do on a daily basis and doing them well and honoring God and finding God's uh, beauty in the midst of that. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, I brush our daughter's teeth every night before bed and here lately, like the last three or four days, uh, for whatever reason, she said, dad, let's hold hands while we brush teeth. And so for the two minutes while I'm brushing her teeth, I get to hold Luna's hand. And it's just been a really cool. I just sat there last night, uh, smiling, getting to hold her hand, thinking what a cool moment it was. And, uh, you know, just a connection with God that he gave me, uh, our family and, uh, and there are moments throughout the day that we can find to worship God uh, and connect with him. And I think that's super, super vital, uh, whether we are connecting in worship or whether worship is feeling stale, but especially when worship's feeling stale. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I remember 
back in high school during my Sunday school class uh, when I was in student ministry, uh, our youth minister would always ask us at the beginning of class and he would go around the room and he would say, give me a highlight from your week and then let me know somewhere where you saw God this week. Mm-hmm. You know, either you saw God working or maybe even just you saw a tree and made, th- made you think about God, right? Give me some place where you saw God. And that was always our assignment was to come back on Sunday morning during Sunday school and give him a place that we saw God. And, you know, that really challenged me in my life to not just, you know, kind of live my life through the week, but to actually see God working in different ways. So like this for you, CJ, you know, just being able to hold your daughter's hand, uh, you can see God in that moment through his blessings that he's given you through the beauty of his creation, right? I mean, all of those things. Uh, And I think that's so important for us to realize is what God has given us and what we can praise him for as it's happening during the day uh, of our lives, right? Um, in the article, Matt Redman uh, said, said this to the, to the people writing the article, you can't breathe out till you breathed in. And what he's trying to say there is that you can't worship God outwardly if you're not taking in what God has given you, if you're not taking in what God has done for you, if you're not taking in, you know, who God is, then it, it, it makes it nearly impossible to actually fully worship out. And I think that's a great point to say, you know, during our week, we need to be able, we need to be willing to find God where he is um, and, and then express that to other people, not just on Sunday morning, but also during the week as well. So uh, CJ, my other question for you is, have you ever just said, I'm going to do it anyway, right? You, 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 maybe you don't really feel like worshiping. Maybe mm-hmm. you're having a hard time. Maybe it's not even just worship. Maybe there's something else in your life with, with serving God or something like that, where you just had to say to yourself, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've had those moments where, you know, I just, I just go to church and that's uh, something that, that I just do. And, uh, I may walk away from the morning and say, I went to church and that was about all that I got out of it. And that's okay. Um, that's, I don't walk away from that thinking less of myself or, or less of God. It's just, you know, it, I didn't connect just like any other relationship. We, we have, uh, days where we connect well and days where we may not, and that's okay. Uh, so yeah, definitely I've had that. How about you, John? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you touched on the whole ministry aspect earlier, uh, working in ministry, doing those kind of things. And I do think that, you know, there are some Sunday mornings where I, you know, it's a little bit tougher to get out of bed, you know, maybe you didn't have a great weekend or something like that or whatever. Um, and you just kind of say to yourself, you know what, this is not about me. And that, and being in ministry has really helped me with that, realizing that church is not about me. Um, it's not about me going. It's not about me being served or anything like that. Um, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really see, I heard some people talk about the Christian consumer mindset when it comes to church, that I'm just going to go to church and consume, 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 um, consume the service that people are giving, consume, you know, the the environment that the church is putting on with the worship service, right? Um, but then when I got into ministry, not that I never saw it before, but it just helped make it more clear to see that 
you know, church is not about you. It's about the community and it's about God. And it's about God's community serving and worshiping him. And so there have been times where, you know, maybe maybe church is not something I want to do that morning. Maybe it's not something that I want to go to. Maybe singing is not something I want to do, but it's not about me, right? It's about God serving his church, serving him uh, in, in those different kinds of areas. You ever experienced anything like that in CJ or am I alone here? <laughs> No, I, I, I think you're right. I've, I've experienced that. And I like what the article said, uh, when you're not feeling it, that, um, you know, sitting there in the moment and maybe not singing, uh, and maybe just being present, uh, is, is an okay thing. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I have been there, uh, on a Sunday morning where you wake up and just not feeling it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, definitely. Right. Well, and I know that sometimes I do that um, with communion in Kids Zone. So if people don't know, in Kids Zone, we have we share communion uh, for the kids who have been baptized. And if any other kids uh, w- want to take it that morning, I don't restrict anybody from doing that. However, I do teach the, the kids, you know, what the Bible says about taking it the right way. Um, and so we we take communion there. And out in first service is more my time to really personally reflect. But then in kid zone, I'm personally reflecting, but I'm also looking out to those kids uh, there and, and just thinking that, you know, Jesus sacrificed himself for each and every soul in this room. And that that room might be filled with 10 kids. Sometimes it might be filled with, you know, 40, 50 kids. Um, but to look out and see those kids and to, to see uh, their reactions in worship and just think about the love of Christ that he has for them. Uh, it's a special thing. And um, I really am glad I get to do it each and every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's do That's one awesome. more ad uh, and then we'll get into our next topic. You'll see CJ on this one. What is open gym and worship uncoiled? That is a great question. Open gym and worship uncoiled is our main programming for students grades six through 12. It is a packed night and it is an absolute blast. Now here's how this all applies to you. If you are a student grades six through 12, we would love to have you join us at Open Gym and Worship Uncoiled. Open Gym will start at five o'clock. Worship Uncoiled will meet from six o'clock to eight o'clock. If you are a parent or a grandparent, of a student grade six through 12, we would love for you to promote this for them and encourage them to be a part of what we have going on. It is an absolute blast being here every single Sunday night. All right, there we go. Go to Worship Uncoiled or send your teenagers there and CJ will have a crazy game for them and feed them dinner. So absolutely. All right, so our final article, what are non-Christians' views of God? So we haven't done a Barna article lately. I love Barna, uh, but I, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, so I try not to do it every episode. Um, but I thought this one was really, really interesting. So what are non-Christians' view of God? So they went ahead and they pulled kind of non-Christians here, and they put them in two different categories. They asked them, are you are you spiritually open or are you not spiritually open? You know, uh, so some people might say, oh, well, I'm not a Christian, but 
I, I do believe in the spiritual realm. Maybe I just don't know what to believe in. It's kind of like the agnostic versus atheist. I don't think everybody would label themselves that way. But if you know what I'm talking about, you uh, you know what I mean? Um, and so they, they've gone through a bunch of different questions um, to try and figure out you know, what people's views are. What do they think about Christianity? Uh, I wanted to highlight this part here. If you're listening on podcast, you can't see it. I'll do my best to explain it. But this part says spiritually open non-Christians, how wide, how hold wide ranging ideas about God. There are many different beliefs about God or a higher power. And they ask them, please choose which one of the following descriptions come closest to what you personally believe about God. And the, the answers are, are far ranging. I mean, the very first one here, God is all powerful, all knowing, perfect creator of the universe who rules the world. All non-Christians agreed with that 29%, right? The spiritually opened ones create, uh, agreed with it 36%. The non-spiritually open agreed with it 14%. But then there's another article, another uh, question right under it. There is no such thing as God is what they, what statement they put out there. 21% of all non-Christians said they agree with that. 4% of the spiritually open non-Christians believed in that. And then 42% of the non-spiritual non-Christian uh, said they believed in that. So, um, you know, these are really, really interesting statistics. Um, and, and I think it's it's fun to kind of compare what have we seen in our personal lives. CJ, let me ask you, what has your interaction with non-Christians been like lately? And do you feel like this article kind of articulates that well? Uh, I think my interaction with non-Christians, of course, I imagine being in the Midwest is different than being in other areas of the country, but my interaction with most non-Christians has been that uh, they believe in uh, a God. Um, They may just not hold to the beliefs of specific Christianity. So uh, I think this article is, is uh, uh, shows that um, in pretty well. Yeah. I think in, um, in my life, I have never really experienced strong, strong atheism from somebody. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've met atheists, but I've never really met somebody who it's like their life goal to make everybody else not believe in God and and they are staunchly against him. Right? I, that's not really been my um mm-hmm. my my interactions with them and maybe you have if you have then you know you have a different experience than me however in my situation i just i i have n- not experienced that as much and i think that this article shows us that you know people um who are non-christians really do have more of an openness toward the spiritual realm to god to the idea of a higher calling a higher being right then maybe sometimes us christians uh think before because cj i I don't know would you agree with me when i say that uh, many people are not christians not because they have a proof or like a, a reason to believe god doesn't exist or you think that it's more because of the heart and people maybe don't want god to exist or don't want to believe he exists i think a lot of people are non-christians uh not because of a disbelief in god but because of uh 
maybe they've been hurt by other Christians or by the church. And so I think it's a, a heart thing where um, it's difficult to trust because they've experienced uh, the loss of trust. And as we know, trust is difficult to build. So uh, that's why it's so important that as Jesus followers, we're uh, careful in all of our interactions, um, no matter, no matter where we're at, or who we're interacting with. Yeah, I think there's an interesting graph further down on this um, on this article where it says two in five spiritual spiritually open non Christians have a personal commitment to Jesus. Now that that kind of shocked me, right? Two in five spiritually open non Christians have a personal commitment to Jesus. Uh, the question they asked was, "Have you ever personally made a commitment to Jesus Christ? That not not just have you made one, but that is still important to you?" today um, of the just non-christians in general 13 percent said not sure 58 percent said no and 29 percent said yes and then here's the disparity the, the the disparity the spiritually open ones 39 percent said yes but the not spiritually open ones 13 percent said yes mm. so there's still some yeses in there but the spiritually non-open ones really being predominantly no, and then the spiritually open ones saying, maybe I do have some kind of commitment that I made to Jesus back then. Um, CG, I didn't write this question down, but uh, I am curious your thoughts on it. Because you mentioned, you know, people kind of drawing away from God, maybe because of their experiences with the church uh, or something going on. How do you think that we should treat those non-Christians, you know, practical ways? You know, we should treat them with love, obviously. But, you know, what are some practical ways that we can treat those non-Christians to maybe help them uh, reconstruct that relationship with the church so that way they're not completely put off by it? I think a big part of it is going into that relationship uh, with no motive. Um, I think a lot of times we go into relationships with uh, non-Christians with the motive of getting them to know Jesus or bringing them to church. And that's our purpose for having that relationship. And I think a lot of people see right through that. And I think that builds distrust. And I think if we can go into a relationship with no agenda other than uh, other than loving them and showing them the love of Christ, they will experience Christ in a greater way than if we went into that relationship with an agenda. Um, Bob Goff's one of my favorite writers. And he says that um, people recognize the love of Jesus when they experience it. We don't have to uh, express, Hey, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. Like they know that and they know what Jesus love feels like. And, uh, and so if we can just go out and love people that way um, and, and uh, you know, with no agenda, I think that'll help a lot. Yeah, I agree, man. I think that there's a powerful thing in just being there for somebody, mm -hmm. right? And we talked about this a little bit in staff meeting on Monday, um, but just the idea, or maybe it was the last staff meeting, I don't remember, but just the idea of being there for somebody, because eventually mm -hmm. life is going to hit you hard, right? We yep. don't want that to happen. We don't want anybody to go through that. However, I mean, I don't think there's a single person, nobody has lived a perfect life and nobody has lived, you know, a staying free life where like nothing bad has happened to them. So, and whether we feel the pain with them or not the same way they are, um, it's important for us to be there 
when that kind of stuff happens. Because, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong here, CJ, but wouldn't you agree that more people come to Christ through some kind of emotional tragedy or something happening in their life that is a tragedy than just, you know, freely on their own coming in? Yes, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. And so I think you're right. If we don't have that agenda, then we've just made ourselves open and available to be there for them when stuff like this does happen. So Mm -hmm. you got any more thoughts on that, CJ? No, I think we hit it pretty good. Very good. All right. So uh, that's up it for all of our articles. We're going to get into some uh, some personal, you know, what you eating, what you watching, what you drinking or re- reading. I guess drinking. I'm drinking water, um, but that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll do one more ad and then we will get into that. I want to invite you to listen to the First Christian Church podcast, and here's why. Every week, we post about two or three times a week to provide you with online biblical teaching that is good for you, good for our church, good for our community, and it's all centered around teaching you more about God. So one of the posts that we make every single week is we do post the sermon. And now you might think, well, I already go to church on Sunday mornings. Why would I want to listen to that? Well, sometimes you miss. Sometimes you had something going on and maybe you missed a part of the sermon or maybe you were just, you had a hard morning and you were kind of checked out and you want to go back and listen to it again. Or maybe it was just so good. You have to listen to it again. And that's a really easy way to do it while you're on the go. Another thing that I've actually had people tell me they do, and they've had a lot of great success with this, is sometimes when you're listening to a sermon, you hear something and say, I, I think this other person needs to hear this thing. And this would be a really awesome thing for them to know. And so instead of trying to figure out where the online service is and then throwing that at them and saying, hey, listen to this, it's a little confusing. It's so much simpler just to send them to the podcast and say, hey, here's the title of this sermon or, hey, this was on Sunday, so just go look at the most recent one and say, hey, go listen to this because I think it's something you could really use. I think I, I thought of you while I was hearing it. And that's a great way to not only share our church, but to share the message of Jesus Christ with other people as well. If you like the idea of listening to the First Christian Church podcast, please go do that. And we will let you know when we know more about the things we're going to do later on. Thanks. How fitting. One of the things we thought of doing later on was the FCC talk. And here we are. So right? we're doing it now. It's we're great. doing it now. <laughs> All right, CJ, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. What are you eating? What you watching? What you reading? Is there anything new that you're going that's going on you want to share with people? Not a lot has changed. Uh um we're we're pretty much the same. We're we made some chicken broth this week, and so we've eaten been eating some chicken noodle soup, uh, which is always a good good meal at our house we're eating a lot of chili as it moves into the fall we like the soups and the chilies and stuff and so uh watching the same same thing um and and reading the same stuff that i have been we started a masterminds group with some local ministers and so we're reading through uh actually i've got it right here uh this book called leveling up 12 questions to strengthen your personal and professional um, relationships. And so uh, that's been a really good, really challenging book. Um, Today's question that we're talking about is uh, the self-awareness question. And that's how do, uh, what's it like to be on the other side of you? 
And so that's been really challenging for me uh, to think about. And, you know, maybe I'm not the person that I thought I was. Maybe I have some self-awareness things to, to consider. So, uh, but, but fantastic book. I'm really enjoying it. Gotta love self-reflection. Right. <laughs> I've done that a time or two and it's like, oh man, if everybody could just love being around me, that would be so much easier. I wouldn't have to think about all this stuff. Right. right? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah. so would you say that's a book for ministry leaders and like, you know, people in secular jobs and things like that? Or is yeah, it more that, just a ministry this is book? A- it's a book for anybody. Uh, okay. It's not necessarily geared toward ministry. Uh, and even in the chapters, it's written uh, from the perspective of not church life. So mm. just life in general. Um, so super, super good. Uh, Ryan Leake. Um, so and and an easy, easier read. And so it's fantastic. Very cool. Very cool. Bob Goff, have any books come out lately? Uh, not lately. We're going through uh, in our Sunday school class, we're going through the book Dream Big, and it's all about uh, finding your ambitions and chasing your ambitions and uh, narrowing down ambitions that are God honoring. And uh, so that's been really good. Uh, Dream Big. Uh, it's It's been a good book as well. Very cool. Yeah, I, I think Bob Goff has a, a lot of really interesting insights and in he his writing style is um I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's different, but it's like a really good yes. different. Um, Absolutely. I always, I always appreciate that. I feel like his personality is coming out um, off the pages. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, for me, nothing nothing really new. I kind of do this every single week. I guess uh, I had chili for the first time last weekend. Um, nice. Hannah's family came over and we made a huge pot of chili. So that was good. Um, we... We aren't watching anything new. I'm still watching football. So, you know, Very football nice. season, that's what I'm going to be watching. Uh, I won in fantasy football last week, so that was, that was good. Uh, I beat Chris, so I have some bragging rights. Oh, yeah. that's a big win. <laughs> He's been a little stressed this week, so I'm trying not to, to uh, brag about it too much. But, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to let him know uh, a little bit more today if I see him. So Yeah. All right, CJ, uh, one more thing before we get out of here. What is a Bible verse that has been on your heart lately that you just like to share with everybody? Yeah, I mentioned this earlier, um, but it's a Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Um, it says, for you have been saved by grace, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own works. Um it is a gift from God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. It's just this idea um, that uh, we live in a culture and I know me personally, like I'm a person that uh, hard work pays off and you work and you work and you work and you work and you work, and you work uh, to, to get a payoff. And we tend to bring that into our spiritual lives where we think, man, if I do this and this and this and this and this, God is really going to love me. And the truth of the matter is God really loves you, whether you do this and this and this and this and this or not. Like he already made the decision that you're worthy of love. He already made the decision that you're worthy of dying on the cross. Um, and then it's it's him working in and through you that brings life change. And it's not so much about us trying harder and harder and harder. It's about God working through us to do those things 
And it's finding a different rhythm of life of letting go of our own control and allowing God to work through us. And so that's been a verse that's just been kind of on my mind and, and heart a lot lately. I love that, man. Um, this is, it's funny. This is actually, uh, verse eight was, uh, one of the verses we used in chapel. <laughs> nice. Uh, so it was really, really cool to hear you say that. Um, I related it to the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Um, and just kind of, you know, shared with the kids that like, there is literally, you, you can never be too far from God to have him bring mm-hmm. you back. Right. You know, sometimes we read that story and, and, and especially in Sunday school, kids are like, Oh, you know, if, if they've unfortunately dealt with somebody in their family dying or something like that, I will get the question, you know, Oh, does this mean God is going to bring back, you know, my, my grandparent mm-hmm. or somebody else that has, has, uh, has, has passed away in my life. And, and I have to share with them, you know, obviously God can bring people back from the dead. You know, like this, right. this is what our faith is really built on uh, Jesus coming back. Right. Um, but I always tell them that the story isn't necessarily about people coming back from the dead to, to be with you. It's about people coming back from their sin. It's about people coming back from rejecting God and being with him again, because Jesus showed in the story of raising Lazarus from the dead, that there is nowhere you can go that he cannot bring you back to him. You know, there is no time where you are ever so far from God that you can't pray and reach out to him. There's no time that you, where you can't go to church and, and experience uh, worship with him. Now, sometimes, you know, churches aren't perfect. Sometimes we don't always get that right. But in reality, Jesus will never tell you that you are too far from him to be able to come back. Um, and he's there with the people who, who uh, weep with that too, right? I mean, the story of Lazarus is where uh, the verse of Jesus wept is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. he he weeps because, and even though he knows what's going on, that is the most impactful part of that entire story for me. He knows what is happening and he knows what he's about to do to bring Lazarus back. But when Mary and Martha are crying to him, he decides to weep with them, right? He mm-hmm. doesn't say, oh, you of little faith, why, why are you doubting me or anything like that, right? He says, no, like, I'm going to sit here and and feel what you're feeling, be with you. I know what's going to happen, but I still want to be with you and make sure you know that uh, I feel or that you feel understood and you feel like I am here with you in this moment. Uh, has that ever impacted you with that part of that story, CJ? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I always go back to uh, Jesus validated their feelings. And so yeah. it's so, so important that we validate our own emotions and feelings and that we validate the the feelings of the people around us. Don't just shrug them off. Yeah. Hannah and I talk about that um, with our kids all the time. As mm-hmm. we say, we're not going to, we, we never want to, I shouldn't say we're not going to, cause we're not perfect, but we never right. want to, you know, make our kids feel like their feelings don't matter. What we want to do right. is we want to acknowledge them, but we don't want to have them dwell on them. Right. Right. You know, you don't right. want, you don't want to have to stay with that, uh, but you want to be able to feel those things and then work your way out of that because you don't have to remain that way. You don't have to right. remain in those bad feelings. So, so yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Hey, CJ, thanks for the great conversation. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for the Bible verse. Um, if you're listening, go check it out. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine. Um, and CJ, before we get out of here, is there anything going on in your ministry or anything like that you want to share that people can help out with? Um, Sunday night, 
uh, Warspun Coil to Open Gym. We'd love to have any students, grades 6 through 12, come join us. Uh, this Sunday night, we're meeting out at the fire pit. That's always a, a lot of fun having a campfire out there uh, for Warspun Coil. And if you're an adult and are interested in helping out, come talk to me. I'd love to walk you through the process of what it looks like to be a leader in our ministry. Awesome. Do people make meals when you guys go to the campfire? Uh, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they make a meal. A lot of times we just roast hot dogs. So, um, so it's, I'm sure the the kids kind of like that better. Yeah. Yeah. They, they enjoy the hot dogs and s'mores for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. All right. Well, Hey, um, we didn't have Chris on today. Chris had uh, a meeting that he wasn't able to be here today. So uh, next week, we're actually going to have Shaylee Stance on. Shaylee is going to come on, our first non-group you know, uh, group of the guys, ministers, whatever you want to call us, right? Uh, we're going to come on, and she's going to join me for the FCC talk next week, and then we'll have Chris on after that. So uh, next week, Shaylee, week after that, we're planning on having Chris uh, things just come up sometimes in the ministry world. You know, you can think you have a free week and, and stuff's not really going on. And then all of a sudden Monday hits and you realize you have stuff to do all week long. So CJ uh, made time for us this morning. We appreciate it. Uh, so CJ, thank you. Appreciate you. And uh, everybody have a great week. We'll see you next time. See you guys.